Hello and welcome to the Killjoy Podcast. I'm Luke Coddy, your host, and joining me is Killjoy's very own product development specialist, Mark Ward. And this month we're talking about squirrels. Hi, Mark. Hello again, young fella. How you doing? Not bad. I probably should quantify that by saying this month the podcast is monthly. Me and Mark don't get together on a monthly basis just to talk about squirrels. We're only about twelve times a year. Well, not anyway. After today, maybe it'll it'll start something. <laughs> okay, so. This is going to follow a similar trend to our previous one that me and Mark did. We did it on moles. We got a really good feedback on that. So we thought it would be quite interesting to tackle squirrels, which are a pest in this country. I know it's... What is the law on squirrels? That you, if you do actually catch one, it is illegal to release it back into the wild on grey variety. Is that correct? Yeah. You, <clears throat> if, if, you, if you do capture a grey squirrel under the, I think it's Schedule 9 or Schedule 9 of the Wildlife and Countryside Act 1981, um it is illegal to to release or allow it to escape so if you do if you do capture one in a live capture trap um, you, you've got to dispatch it well similar to the mole podcast then i think if you're trying to prevent a pest it's quite interesting to know a little bit more about the biology and what an animal acts like to help you really get inside the psyche of that particular pest um so unless you live on mars i'm pretty sure you know what one seat see, looks like but mark for those that don't what uh, the squirrels look like and what are their distinguishing features? To be honest with you, um, I've heard them described quite a few ways. Um, a, a rat with a fluffy tail, for instance. They are, they are, they are rodents. They look quite similar to a, to a rat but with a fluffy tail, if, if, I'm, if I'm truthful. Um, tend to be grey in colour, reddish flanks. Uh, tend to have a very pale underbody, uh, sometimes virtually white. Large eyes. Uh, Small ears, and like we've mentioned before, the uh, the, the the very large bushy tail. Um, the tail itself is about nineteen to twenty-five centimeters in length. I, if I if I do remember correctly from from the trapping courses from Jeremy's presentations, skirus, uh, which is the per- first part of the scientific name, actually means shadow tail. Carolina Ennis, um, which is the area of America where it came from, or Carolina. You, you will have to excuse my pronunciation of the scientific names. Oh, that's interesting. And obviously, I knew they'd come over from the stateside, the grey variety, but I wasn't aware it was Carolina. Yeah, yeah, the, 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 it's the um, eastern grey squirrel that we we have. There, there is a western grey squirrel in the, in the states as well. So yeah, they, they were they were introduced by the Victorians, eighteen um, seventies, eighteen eighties, up to. 1920s i think they escaped from captivity and and here presto we've got them all over the country um i know we've alluded to it a couple of times now about the gray and the red variety then what are the particular differences if any because obviously you hear that the gray squirrel is constantly taking over habitat that used to be used to be used by red squirrels uh what are the differences between the two variety obvious differences is, is, is obviously the color red squirrels tend to be red ready brown they do have a, a, a bit of a white underbelly as well, much smaller. As, as a comparison, the, the length of a red is 18 to 24 centimetres. The length of a grey would be 24 to 29, maybe even 30 centimetres. You know, so they, they, they're, they're a much smaller, more compact little little squirrel. Um, you'll notice them in the winter months, especially they get little tufts on their ears. Um, yeah, size and size and, 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 and colour are, the, are the, the two main differences, but you can tell that really quickly with the tail as well. 
so we've covered appearance then. What is the reason for the decline in the population of red squirrels and the increase in population of grey squirrels? Because they do seem to be correlated. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a few reasons. The grey itself can out-compete. It's, it's a larger animal. It's got a more varied diet. Um, there's certain uh, nuts that it, would, it can feed from that, that, that red squirrels won't tolerate. Uh, acorns, for instance. So I think it's something to do with the, the high tanning that's in the in the acorn um, that, that puts the, the reds off. So there's, there's more food available for, for the greys. There's also the, the, the loss of the natural habitat for, for, the, for the reds as well. So reduced numbers of conifers, hazels, which is, you know, reduced the amount of food source further still. And then when you start looking at uh, the competition for food, there's a higher density now of, of grey squirrels. So there's even more grey squirrels competing for the same food source. The grey squirrel also carries a, 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 a virus, it's, it's called squirrel pox virus. Now the, the, the greys um, have antibodies, so it doesn't really affect them, but it's, it does affect the reds um, and it, it's, it's, it's lethal to the reds. So, um, so you mentioned acorns there, um, as, a, as in the, that fall under a grey squirrel's diet. What else makes up what they eat? Variety of fruits, different nuts, bulbs. I'm sure there's lots of gardeners out there that have had the, the daffodils and tulip bulbs pulled out of the ground because I, I get it every, every single year. Tree shoots, different fungi, different roots, um, you know, um, plant roots. Um, they will they will strip bark from from trees and, and eat the the, the sap tissue uh, behind. Occasionally they will, they will eat insects, uh, birds' eggs, uh, and even the, the the young chicks. I didn't know they were such monsters. I didn't know they would. Uh, I thought they were pretty much herbivore. I didn't know they'd go for insects and potential yeah. chicks. Yeah, yeah, they, 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 yeah, they can be quite a threat to some of the some of the songbirds. We've talked about um, containing species then. It's very interesting and probably quite useful to understand the breeding patterns of them. Um, what are squirrels breeding patterns like? Two, three, sometimes even four litters per year. A lot of that's dependent on, on, on the area that they're in, the, the abundance of food that's there. An average of, of um, three kits uh, per litter as, as, a, as a rule of thumb. The kits reach maturity in around about 10 to 12 months. Average lifespan, um, slightly longer for the females, about five years. Males, two to three years, but that's that's probably down to genetics, same as with, with most species of mammals. Females tend to live a little longer. They don't, they don't mate for life. Um, you know, they, they, they're quite promiscuous, is that is that the word? Um, you know, so. Um, I think fun yeah. is the word. <laughs> What's the word? <laughs> So, but yeah, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. <laughs> shall we move on? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think we've got a pretty well-rounded view there of squirrels then. So uh, I think you m briefly touched it in terms of them stripping bark down and eating cyber tissue there, but what are some of the main reasons for implementing control then on this species? Dam damage to, to the trees is, is, is an obvious one, um, whether that be on a plantation or whether that be at like a fruit farm, that kind of thing. If they strip the bark off, they're the damaging the health of the of the tree. They can and killing the tree off. Um, obviously, there's the timber quality to to consider if it is a, a a tree that's used for that. So you can get 
like fungal infections into the into the tree itself, which is going to spoil the wood. Damage in in, in parks and gardens, um, you see that quite often. They, they do dig, you know, into into areas. Like I said, my flower beds yearly, pulling all my bulbs up. I've, I've even had peanuts planted um, from from uh, from my next door neighbour's uh, bird feeder, um, and I've got peanut plants growing in my garden. But you know, that, that's that. <laughs> there's positives to everything. Isn't there? In urban areas, accessing to roof spaces is, is the obvious one that, that, that most pest controllers will come across. In a roof space, they can be really, really destructive, chewing on the, the, the timber that's up there, the, the electrical wiring, um, any of the plumbing that's up there, so they can cause floods, um, electrical short outs, they, they, you know, they can be quite destructive. And the you know the property itself. They, they, they find a small hole through in a in a, a fascia board or a soffit, and they'll, they'll, they'll chew it bigger and bigger and bigger to you know, to make it easier access. Obviously, then there's the, the 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 droppings and contamination that you've got up there as well. So, yeah, quite quite destructive, and and you know to get into into a property can be quite a, quite a nuisance as well. So, if you were tasked to sort of detect squirrels, then. Um, is it a case of just following their destruction, just following the damage that they've left behind? Yeah, I mean, that's it. depending on where they are. Um, I mean, if, if you if you're looking on a in a plantation or something like that, and you, you walk around looking with your eyes, you, you you'll you'll probably spot them. Um, that, that's 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 the, the first way of, of of finding out if they're there. Other tracks, um, you know, you're looking for signs, um, wood being chewed. You'll, you'll see where they've been digging. You, you, you may find the droppings. Um, if they're in a if, if they're in a loft space, it's highly likely you'll find the droppings. You might hear them. Um, or the, the customer that you're going out to will will probably definitely hear them. To be honest, um, that's probably why they're going to be phoning you out in the first place. Yeah. So I mean, there's there's numerous numerous signs. I mean, I've I've always found that squirrels tend to be making more noise um in the early evening and early morning um uh, through the night they tend to be a little more quiet because uh, they, 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 they're sleeping whereas if you've got rats in a, in a in a roof space you tend to hear more noises throughout the night than what you do so it's it's one way if, if someone's telling you they're hearing them first thing in the morning all right so we talked about the what and the where and the why then i guess of squirrels in regards to when is there a particular time in the calendar year where control for squirrels would be more prominent than others to be honest with you yes yes and no just to just to be awkward if you if you were shooting if you if you're going out shooting drape hawking and shooting then then winter months are going to be the the obvious time because you can see the drays there's there's very little foliage leaf coverage so it, it would make easy, make, make it easier to, to do that. Shooting also in spring, um, you, you tend to find that the, the, the squirrels will come to the end of the branches where there's, there's buds uh, and, and, and fresh leaf growth, and, and that's what they, they're feeding from at that time. So it presents an easy shot. You know, they, they, they sat out in open for you. There's, there's different times, depending on how you, how you control it. Trapping you can do all year round as well. That's, that's not an issue. Summer and autumn months, you really want to be trying to, to, to reduce numbers um, due to the fact the damage that young could cause. And that's when you're going to get your, your stripping of your bark and your, and your, you know, your, your plantations and that kind of thing, you're damaging, damaging your timber. Um, but no, I mean, you can, you can treat all year round. Um, I, I find trapping in winter 
although there's less activity, I, I, I often find it easier to track because there's less food source. But if you can pre-bait an area and get squirrels from feeding in, in that area, then trapping comes really easy, to be honest. And in, when there's an abundance of food, trapping's a little more difficult because they, they, they've got bellies full, they're not really that interested. So you're having to tempt them with, with, with other things or, you know, uh, trying to trick them um, to a certain extent. So you mentioned a couple there in terms of trapping and baiting. So let's get on to that then and the control methods. Let's talk about the variety of con methods of control and maybe the effectiveness of each one. Right. They're all effective to a certain extent. If, if you were just going around just doing drape poking um, and, and a bit of shooting, then it's, it's, it's unlikely to resolve your problem full stop. You, you, you're probably wanting to be doing some trapping as well, you know, for the times when you're not there, um, you know, so you can put your traps out. Um, you're not in that area all day. Um, you come back that evening or the following morning, the latest, and, and, and you know, hopefully you've got some, got some captured, uh, captured squirrels. So you want to use a control plan. That, that's the, the, the most effective method. But, but all of the methods um, will work and, 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 and are effective, but it just depends on the, the, the amount uh, of squirrels that you've got in, a, in an area that you're trying to control. Just for the listeners that are new to squirrel control, uh, what is dray poking then? What is what's the definition of that? The dray is the the, the, the like the nest of the, the, the squirrel. It's about football size, just round about. It tends to be in the like a fork of a tree. It usually consists of of, of grass, um, freshly uh, cut twigs with leaves on. You you know if if it's in a if it's in a room space, it might even contain crust packets and and you know the the insulation that's in there, but but. In it outside, where, where you will be poking a, a, a dray, shall we say, um, it, it's going to look like a ball of a ball of sticks with with leaves sticking out of it and grass sticking out of it. So, when you dray poking, you have a, a, a long pole, and you get one person to stand, try and protect yourself because things will drop on your head. So get a get a hard hat on and a, and a face visor, um, and then the pole up the tree, and you gently just give it a couple of quick pokes right and then, it sounds daft but just give it a couple of quick pokes the squirrels as a rule if you do that will come out of the the dray and they, they may only move two or three feet away from the dray and then have a look round. and it's at that point the other person or the other two people who might be with you will possibly get a clean shot to to shoot the squirrel things to remember when you're shooting squirrels never shoot if it's coming down a tree um, never shoot at the trunk if it's coming down a tree and you are bringing your gun down to shoot the squirrel you know you're coming closer and closer to the people who are on the ground so you must always only shoot if it's on a branch away from the trunk on its own dray poking is, 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 is not that effective um, the control method trapping is probably going to be the one that the vast majority of, of, of pest control is going to use so on trapping then, what sort of traps can we use then? Um, probably the most, most common used trap would be the fen traps. Um, so the Mark 4 and Mark 6 fens. They're, they're, a, they're a, a really good trap. Um, get them in a, in a tunnel. They must be housed in a tunnel. Um, but they can be used indoors and outdoors and, and, and really effective against squirrels. Some people do find them difficult to set. 
we've, we've got a, a, a fantastic friend, uh, Mandy, who, who helps us set up the trapping courses in the south. Um, and she showed us how to set them using her feet. She did say that you, you do have to wear steel toe caps though for health and safety. If you struggle with something like a fen or a magnum, um, which are commonly used for, for, for squirrels, then something like a, a WCS tube um, or the Good Nature A18, um, which is a, a repeating trap, are, are really good options. You know, the, um, there's no effort really to, to, to set them and, and uh, you're not handling the jaws as you are setting them. So a lot of people feel safer uh, using that style of trap. Life capture traps are absolutely fine as well. Um, really easy to set. You're not going to hurt your hands in them. The only thing you've got to remember is if you catch a squirrel, like we mentioned earlier, it's uh, against the law to uh, to release it. So you've got to dispatch. So if you if you are doing that, then you know cover the cage up as you remove it from a roof space, or you know if, if you're outside, it's not so, it's not so bad. Use a trapping a, a trapping comb, which is like a, a, a metal comb that you can guide the squirrel down to one end of the trap to con constrain its movements um, and you can you can shoot in a safe area you've got a, a, a sand bucket something underneath the trap or you can run the squirrel into a, a, a cloth sack um, and, and use a, a priest if it's um, you know sharp blow to the to the head to, to dispatch it that way it's also a possibility to put a, a live capture trap um, sorry a kill trap in front of your live capture trap and run it through a tunnel the kill trap will kill it as it exits the live capture trap. So with traps uh, in general then, what sort of bait are you using or are you not? Yeah, I mean, you're you wanting to you wanting to lure uh, uh, squirrels in. I, I've, I've had some wonderful, wonderful conversations with people with things that they use. People use things like snickers and topics and, and I, I just can't get my head around that because I'm not sharing the topic of a Snickers. I don't. I don't think you're going to find a topic in shops topic. nowadays. Oh, yeah. Right. They're still, yeah, they're still there. <laughs> they're still there. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, it's yeah. A lot of people use them. Peanut butter is another uh, common go-to. Sweet corn, you know, maize, that kind of thing. Um, I I find uh, in a lot of cases, uh, if you, especially if you're trapping them in in, in gardens. They're used to feeding off the bird feed, uh, bird feeders. So there's this like fat balls and things like that. So sometimes putting fat balls into a, into a live capture trap works really, really well as well. I guess more for indoor use then and urban use. Is poison baiting, is that an option? Yep, yeah, you can only uh, use poison baiting indoors. Um, there's only one authorised product, um, which is a, a warfarin based product. Um, it can only be used indoors. There's, there's no authorization for um, outdoor use anymore. It's an option. The, the, the only thing I, I find with with using a poison bait um, is that if, if the, 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 the same as when you when you're using rodenticides for, for, for rats in, in a property, that rodent could um, expire somewhere that you can't get to, and you could end up with a, a, an unpleasant odor in the property for a while. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping the listeners have got quite a good insight from this. Uh, probably one of the big questions I want to know, and maybe they're asking, is how common is the demand for squirrel control? Do you often come across it, or is it, is it just a case of just adding another string to your bow as something that you could specialise in if you're a pest controller? It, this, there's a lot of work out there for squirrel control. Honestly, a, 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 a massive amount. The amount of properties um, 
that, that get squirrels coming into them. Um, you, you walk around any any street in country and you'll see trees overhanging onto people's roofs, and it's just an access point. They're just straight across the tree and straight onto the roof. And yeah, there's, there's a there's a, a, a massive amount of work out there for squirrels. Obviously, people like the Forest Commission they they, they do a lot of a lot of squirrel control as well. You know, but yeah, general parks that that kind of thing. There's loads loads of work there. It's certainly worth considering if if you don't do it. Get, get come on some training courses and uh, yeah get out there there's, there's plenty of work there for you great fantastic if there's a question that you feel i didn't ask you want to get in touch with the technical team himself i'm sure they'll be more than happy to field those questions and maybe even come out with your own visits and give you the advice and share the knowledge that's so important uh, and particularly mark fantastic thank you so much for coming on the podcast i know before it felt like i was twisting your arm but you're into the swing of it now i feel like next time you're going to ask for a co-host fee Oh, actually, how about I just give you a, a topic bar? That can be your uh, payment. <laughs> Go on, man. I, I, I'm going to hold you to that. I, 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 yeah, I, I'd like a topic, please. Thank you very much. <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> right, it's an absolute pleasure, Luke. Take care. That was Mark Ward there, the product development specialist for Killjum. Always a pleasure having Mark on the podcast. I'm sure at a later date I will drag him back on. Coming up on the next episode of the podcast, we're going to be joined by Ian Urquhart, the inventor of the AF Amicus. We're going to talk a little bit more about the product and the creative process that went behind developing it and the research that went into producing it. Of course, we end each episode with the code. So without further ado, the coding question for this episode is Sierra November Alpha Kilo Echo. Until next time, bye-bye.